This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Budabaker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Over the shoulder catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealu, Mike Jurecki, and Darren Urban. Now, this is big, MJ. Bigger than Aaron Rodgers' reported contract extension. I'd say even bigger than Kyler Murray reposting all of his Cardinals-related photos to his Instagram. We got Darren Urban on the show here on this Tuesday morning. Fresh off the combine. A week-long stay in Indianapolis. I hear things were a little slow at the scouting combine last week. You know, I, first of all, I just want to apologize for not being an ex-player. I know that that's normally what you need here in this spot, but uh, you're stuck with me. You do have a solid 15, 18-foot jumper, though, so don't Thank count you. yourself I completely out. That. Now, I it's a different that. different kind of sport, but, you know, yeah. your game is right there, Darren. I appreciate that, Greg. So how was – okay, we know how the early part of the week went. It was yeah. far from slow, but overall, you're, what, 20th? something yeah trip? i think 21 22 somewhere in there. who's counting though? um yeah it was obviously getting out there um the uh the social media hit on uh, right when i got through security with uh eric burkhart's uh kyla murray statement that was uh right when i was getting through security on the way out so obviously that was what was happening on uh monday um tuesday both steve keim and uh Steve, uh, Cliff Kingsbury talked, so we, we we got the reactions to the Kyler thing, and that's usually the big deal down there is is having those two guys talk. And then, of course, Wednesday morning comes the news of the extension. So yeah, it was a, a front loaded and very busy week. Uh, a, you know, even nationally, I think people were paying attention. Although um, I felt like in a lot of ways the the extensions resonated a lot less nationally. Then obviously the Kyler stuff, which makes sense to me. I think the Kyler stuff is going to get the clicks. So you always focus on the quarterback, MJ, and I think less to a certain extent the head coach, the general manager, because it's always about the players and what they do on the field on Sundays. We haven't had a chance here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat to discuss Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury signed through 2027, a five-year extension for the general manager, four-year extension for the head coach. Surprised at all that this was done when it was announced? Well, I mean, uh, I think it's very clear this doesn't go against the salary cap. So, I mean, uh, you know, there was, you know, comments about stability, and, you know, obviously a disappointing finish, but in, on paper they've made progress. I mean, you know, you just look at it from a winning standpoint. But, again, it's got to get better. So, you know, if it doesn't get better in the next couple of years, then maybe they won't see the rest of the contract. So, But I, I think if from a standpoint of if Kyler was worried about, hey, you know, is Cliff going to be here next year? That's just me connecting dots. But, again, at the end of the day, um, these two are attached to the hip along with Kyler Murray. 
Certainly took me by surprise, Darren, as you're in Indianapolis getting ready for your day on Wednesday, having just spoken to Kime and Kingsbury. How surprised are you? Maybe not so much that something was extended because you're going into the final year for the general manager. and If that team option isn't picked up, the final year for the head coach, yet that's not always what you want. But the timing of everything, the way that week went from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, all of a sudden the pendulum is swinging back and forth between player organization back to the player. It's It's been it's been fun, the 72-hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was I – was taken aback by it a little bit um maybe less about the extensions and more about the timing and and not necessarily uh you know I, i'm not 100 percent sure that that was exactly when the cardinals were going to uh, uh put it out there uh but obviously things had changed a little bit in a lot of ways and you you never know what's going to happen either i mean once in this league you, you try and get something done and and a reporter starts sniffing around and then that change can change timelines and stuff like that. But I, I will say that, you know, again, I was surprised because our, everybody's thoughts for two days were the Kyler Murray situation. You're, you're 100%. That's where your head is, is what's going to happen with a quarterback, you know, him talking about wanting the contract, um, you know, Kime and Kingsbury trying to talk about it as best they can without getting too much into detail because as Steve Kime mentioned he wants all that to be confidential so that's that's where all the thought was for me uh, certainly not where their contracts were at that point so to have it then come out was a little bit of whiplash um, again as Mike said as you think about it a little bit more okay it makes a little bit of sense and, and you understand why it happened but again because of everything that was happening at the time, that's that's what made it mostly surprising to me. And who's to say that these talks, these contract extensions, weren't talked about initially? Seven and zero, ten and two at oh, some sure. point I mid-season, can, yes, and yeah. then this was just the finality at the end of the season. Yes, it was disappointing how the year finished, but you take a step back and you realize, yeah, eleven wins is a big deal. Getting into the postseason is a big deal, and you just. Again, everyone has a chance to calm down a little bit. You finalize it, and to your point, Darren, all right, when does it get announced, whether well, yeah. it was scheduled or pushed up because reports out there? You're not – I mean, to me, and I don't know the details, but you're not getting deal, deals like that done, you know, overnight. I mean, obviously there had to be some discussions. And, and you go back to where – uh, and those, I think, are probably going to be a lot more simple to do than anything you do with the quarterback. So if Kyler Murray is able to do something uh, with this team uh, this offseason, uh, I can see it taking a little bit of time. And I, and I understand that part about the, you know, when Michael Bidwell mentioned on, on uh, Arizona Sports a couple weeks ago about how it can be complicated. It is complicated. It should be complicated. It's, I, I would think... I would and and not because of I mean all this stuff is complicated. It's just like talking about Aaron Rodgers today. I mean whatever deal that got done today, I mean the Packers knew for a few days Aaron Rodgers was coming back and Aaron Rodgers knew it too. We're all guessing. Oh, is Aaron Rodgers going to stay? Is it? They've known for a few days at least. So. Yeah. A, little, a little cynical there, Darren. Like, you know, uh, always not cynical. That... <laughs> you just what's happened when you've been around the game for twenty plus years. It's 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 easier. To, and MJ, you brought up a good point. You don't have to deal with the salary cap when you're talking about the front office. You're a head coach. You're coaching staff because 
that quarterback contract, if and when it does get done, how much does that factor into this year's salary cap, next year's, and the year after that? General managers and coaches, all it takes is one man. Ownership, what do they want to do, how long, how much, and that's it. There's no piece of the pie that you have to uh, pencil off or, or, or slice off for that particular individual. Yeah, and you know, clearly nobody was happy how it ended, and I think cooler heads prevailed, but you know, let's be honest. When this team was seven and zero and ten and two, I think you know contract extensions were discussed. And and I also think that you know, if Cliff, let's say this team gets to the playoffs next year and they win another game, is is somebody going to try to come after him in college? So you don't have to worry about that now. He obviously is is going to be here for the next uh, few years, and we'll see if it ends. You know, Cardinals will have an opportunity to pick up that fifth year option on May third, and that's close to thirty million. He's made thirty five guaranteed already, so. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting just to see the process. Because normally, and I thought Michael brought up a good point on Newsmakers Week, was you look at these other quarterbacks, nobody's going to contract extension in February or March. I mean, the focus right now should be on the roster. The focus should be on free agency and the draft. That should be the focus right now. All right, let's focus on that because that's what's coming up next. The scouting combine has come and gone. Free agency is what's next. The legal tampering period, I think that's what they officially call it, begins on Monday the 14th, and then the new league year free agency officially kicks off on Wednesday. The Cardinals with 21 unrestricted free agents, and they'll also be looking on that market to find out where they can upgrade at certain positions. At the scouting combine, General Manager Steve Keim, on what awaits his team in free agency. I think that we have a lot of tough decisions to make, and that's a good thing when you're in my position because we had 21 unrestricted free agents on our roster last year, so we have some really tough decisions to make moving forward. We'll have conversations this week with a number of their representatives, but again, a lot of guys that came in and, um, in my opinion, have put themselves in a position to be rewarded. I'm a little surprised, and I mentioned this to you off-air, Darren, earlier in the week, that of those 21, we haven't heard at least a couple of those re-signing before they hit free agency. I'll go back to a couple of years ago. DJ Humphreys signed before hitting free agency. If you want to be here, if it makes sense, and the one name that I'm pointing to is Colt McCoy because of what he means. And I'm not talking about big names. Chandler Jones, James Conner. I'm talking about some of those role players, those key players that are active and play significant snaps. Don't get a lot of the headlines that you need to have on a roster. And the Cardinals do have several of those amongst those 21. The Colt McCoy question is is an interesting one. Um, you know, what does that mean? Uh, you know, usually we, you know, obviously the, the official tampering time doesn't come till monday but um it's naive to think that there isn't some things floated out there during the combine and and who knows if there might be something out there for colt mccoy you know if a team that doesn't have a quarterback and is isn't going to be able to really settle it down or might be willing to draft one early maybe they want a placeholder starter like a colt mccoy i don't know i mean i'm just guessing I, I do know that Colt McCoy holds a ton of value for this team. If they can bring him back, I think he showed that on the field. I think he showed that off the field. Um, but, again, they got him at a, at a pretty cheap price last year, and maybe he's saying, hey, I, I deserve a little bit more money than that. And that's ultimately what happens when you win a bunch of games and you have free agents is that they, they want to they wanna cash in if they can't. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we we've talked to Drew Stan and, and Kyle Vandenbosch, and you know, when the Cardinals uh, initially brought in Drew Stan, he was a starter, and then obviously they made the trade for Carson Palmer. But you know, two or three year deal, two and a half, three. You know, just just so you have some protection, because you know, give him credit, he won two out of three games on the road against division opponents. So, and he's been really good for Kyler. Hopefully, that that relationship can continue to grow in the future. I'd love to have that because it's what happens off the field away from the cameras on what someone like a Colt McCoy can do for a young quarterback and I'd still consider Kyler Murray young and McCoy is someone that Kyler has openly I looked up from another Texas quarterback very successful in the state of Texas someone that you hope Kyler Murray listens to and I don't know that's that's not easy to find if you do lose a Colt McCoy yeah, I just know last year that they, they watched a lot more film. And, you know, obviously, Kyler, you know, he likes to work out. And being a, a dual-threat quarterback, you have to have make sure your lower torsos are, are strong. And he does a lot of squatting and all that. But you like to see him possibly go in the film. And I'm not saying he doesn't. But that's where the game's got to slow down for him. He's got to be able to recognize things. And if you watch film, I listened to Mike McDaniel. He said, you have the, the answers to the test when you watch film. So when you step on the field, you know exactly what's going on. Again, 21 unrestricted free agents, 10 of those, including Cole McCoy, on offense, which we'll discuss even further as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network all year long. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows at your convenience, like the Dave Pash Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. I think all of our long-term goal here is to have Kyler be our, our quarterback, and he understands that, and he understands my um, view of him and, and how I feel about him. And once again, I'm going to refer it back to the business side of things, and that's not something that I, I deal with. But um, it's all part of the business right now and, and things that we're continuing to work through. In regards to the statement, I know everybody's seen that. I think it's an agent doing his job. I have a lot of respect for Eric Burkhart. Obviously, Kyler Murray, from my standpoint, any negotiations, any conversations and dialogue will be certainly held confidential between uh, the three of us. Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Cardinals general manager Steve Keim last week in Indianapolis speaking to reporters at the scouting combine in reference to Kyler Murray and the statement issued by his agents. He wants a contract and he wants it right now. Question is, will he get what he wants? He did, though, Darren, earlier here on Tuesday. We joked about it off the top. Maybe not the biggest news of the day. That would be to Aaron Rodgers, but Kyler Murray's Instagram is back to normal. And, of course, now people are trying to read into that, trying to connect dots. Several pictures of him wearing a Cardinals uniform. What does it mean? Might be nothing. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe nothing. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that if Kyler has something to say about restoring his Instagram posts or even the fact he took them down in the first place, I'm going to defer to him to say whatever he needs to say. I mean, honestly uh, – I understood why the pe- people were wondering about it originally because there was nothing out there. But, I mean, what does the IG mean anything at this point after the 
lengthy post from Eric Burkhardt. I mean, we we know we know what Kyler's thinking, so the rest of it seems kind of like window dressing to me. Well, right now. actions do speak louder than words. In terms of well, that's what we were told during that lengthy statement. Oh, well. and the scrubbing and now the reposting are actions. So those are the actions you're so, talking so about. So I'm just trying again. I'm trying to make. <laughs> I'm trying to connect dots here, Mike Jarek, and it's probably again. We won't know, and to Darren's point, we won't know until actually Kyler Murray does speak. And when that happens, who knows? The other thing that has been announced ahead of free agency is the salary cap is going up to over $208 million, which is good news for teams. Now the question is, how do you spend that money if you're the Arizona Cardinals, who, according to OverTheCap.com, have thousands of dollars under the cap? But we know you can find money very quickly with some restructuring. Offensive priorities for you, MJ, as far as free agents. Of those 10 that are unrestricted free agents, bringing back, who's your priority? Uh, Start with James Conner. You know, according to John Clayton, he thinks, you know, maybe the market for the free agents, now Leonard Fournette's out there. you got Cordell Patterson, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds. He thinks it's going to be right around $6 million. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, you know, obviously, Connor's going to be 27, I want to say. So maybe a two-year or three-year deal, uh, hopefully somewhere in the average there. So he'd be my number one priority. And then Zach Ertz, you know, obviously three tight ends were tagged, so i got to think he's going to be at one of the top of the list t- tight ends available in free agency. He said all the right things, but we know it's a business. And then I want to try to bring back Max Williams on a, on a one-year deal. Um, if he's active on game day, you know, maybe a million and a half, and then he can make fifty, sixty thousand 60000 a game to be active. And I think that they missed him in that 11 personnel. So you'd have your two tight ends. And we know the draft is deep at tight end. So you can probably get one in the mid-round. So that, that would be my priorities, at least on offense. Connor will be 27 in May. Last Cardinals running back who turned 27 going into his fourth season, David Johnson. I'm not expecting Darren a David Johnson contract extended to James Conner, but the value within this offense, was it just a one-year hit, or did they find something in James Conner? And if it's not Conner, then what do you do at the running back position? Because Chase Edmonds is also expected to hit the free agent market. Well, this is why Steve Kime gets paid the big bucks. I mean, look, I, I want them to bring back James Conner. I think they very much want to have James Conner here. I think James Conner really wants to be here. Um, but what what does that mean? Uh, you know, it does not mean, obviously, you're going to give him $10 million because he'd be signed by now if that was the case. Um, I, I think they're going to be very careful about any free agent that they might re-sign or sign off the street um, in terms of what kind of deals, in part because of what you were just saying, which is you you have less money under the cap, and yes, you're right, you can find money whenever you want it, but you you would need to find the money to do that, and if you're doing that, there's always a cost involved at some point. It may not be this year, but it might be a couple years from now, or whatever it might be, and uh, you do need to keep in mind what might may or may not happen with Kyler Murray with his contract, um, because his cap number, you could lower it if you gave him an extension, but again, he's going to have bigger cap numbers later. I mean, one of the things that we talk about the cap a lot of times is, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a lower salary cap number than Kyler Murray this past year, but that's because you you played with it. Well, that's not going to be the case this year. So again, it's a year-to-year thing. Getting back to the original thing, though, for me, with James Conner, I absolutely – 
think they're going to want to get him back, but I think there's going to be a number in their head of, of what they can do in terms of how they can structure it. And they'll probably say, James, we really want you, but this is what we're looking at. And if you find something else better that you want to take, we understand that, but this is where we're going to come from. I, that, that's usually how they handle these things. And I don't think it would be any hard feelings necessarily anywhere, but um, that's kind of how they are going to approach it, is my guess. It was perhaps, MJ, the best free agent pickup as far as what was paid and the results, the production that you got out of James Conner as far as the 18 total touchdowns, leading the team in scrimmage yards, leading the team in rushing yards. So, yes, he is going to be rewarded, and he should be rewarded. The question to Darren's point is, all right, how much, and then how much are the Cardinals willing to? to spend well you know the grass isn't always green on the other side and we watched kingsbury since he's been here he likes to ride the hot hand i mean that's the reason when i went on got, got kenyon drake he wasn't as, as successful in the second half and then yes last year they went with the one-two punch so and i think i think he could be the bell cow in this offense now clearly he was dealing with some rib injuries towards the end of the year he wasn't you know i give him credit for playing in that playoff game but he wasn't very effective like a lot of other guys so and I, and I think if you look at 18 to 19 carries and maybe five to seven targets in the passing game, I, I think he could be your bell cow. But you also have to have some backup behind him, whether that's Eno Benjamin, very similar to Chase, run between the tackles. They got, went out and got uh, Jalen Samuels. He's got 45 starts. He, he's got good size, six feet, about 205 pounds. And then you got Jonathan Ward. And then, of course, you can always bring in an undrafted free agent or take a flyer on a guy in a late round. Cardinals do have backups as far as running backs, at least options. When it comes to the tight end position, Zach Ertz, Max Williams, Darrell Daniels, Demetrius Harris, their top four, all scheduled to become unrestricted free agents next week. Before the season, or I should say before free agency began, we actually had a chance to hear from both James Conner and Zach Ertz on their upcoming free agency status. You know, just with AZ, the opportunity they gave me, you know, and just the relationships I built there, you know, I would love to continue out there. Um, but, yeah, free agent, so I'm excited to see what's next, you know, man of faith, so I know it'll all work out for me. I've loved my time here in Arizona. I would love the opportunity to continue here. There's a lot of things out of my control. We've got a lot of good players that are free agents as well, so it may not be even up to me. Um, but I still feel like we have unfinished business as a team. Uh, I would love to be a part of it. Ertz was very productive in his 11 games. Now, how much of that was because everything was open and he found a lot of space, or how much of it was because DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the field and Kyler Murray relied a lot on Zach Ertz as far as targeting him as opposed to someone else? I, I don't know how much it really matters. Um, you know, somebody's got to catch the passes, and if Zach Ertz is that guy, that's great. Now, if you're if you're bringing it up in in the context of uh, you know, if everybody's healthy and DeAndre Hopkins is out there, do you want to pay a lot to Zach Ertz because he might not get the ball as much? You know, I I, I think if you have Zach Ertz, it relieves a little bit of the pressure on trying to find high end receivers. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with Christian Kirk. I'm don't I'm guessing you probably don't bring back uh, AJ Green, but we'll see. Uh, but if Zach Ertz is around, okay, maybe having that number two, have whatever receiver that you added, DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore, changes how you might look at that a little bit. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I'm very curious to see how, again, they approach not only tight end but the other receiver spot and what direction they might want to go in free agency. 
you know, if they have in the back of their minds, we might want to draft some guy because I, I, I do think ultimately it's going to lend itself to like what kind of money we are willing to spend for a Zach Ertz or a Max Williams. I mean, that's, I, I think there's, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't mind having both those tight ends on the roster. I just, I wonder if that's going to be possible. Now, perhaps MJ's right. And because Max Williams has been hurt and he's coming off the ACL tear that, uh, you know, you can get him to work on a one-year deal. He may be in that situation, but but you don't know. And with all these tight ends being scooped up by franchise tags, uh, that only not only raises the profile of Zach Ertz as a potential target, but it might with Max Williams, who was playing excellent football before he got hurt. Ertz turns 32 in November. Williams will turn 28 next month. And you don't want to hope, but you you you. You don't forecast injuries happening, and my concern is what this offense looked like when it did not have DeAndre Hopkins on the field. It's a rarity that DeHop misses games, but he did. He missed seven. So, all right, what are your plans if you don't have your number one wideout? That became Zach Ertz toward down the stretch. It should have been, in my opinion, A.J. Green. It was not. It became Zach Ertz. So if you don't, you know, DeHop is healthy. But if it's not, what's this plan as far as targets that Kyler Murray can throw to well i would assume they need to find a number two receiver and whether that's in free agency and again a lot of these guys are coming off acls michael gallup godwin they could get franchised you know i like marquez val's scandaling i mean he's he's a 27 years old um the draft is deep at wide receiver um you know it's deep at corner so i think we if we just follow and connect the dots whatever they do in free agency will likely, uh, if they can check a couple of these boxes, retain some players, and then go. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if they went after a veteran corner on a one-year deal and still drafted one. I mean, you got to double up there. I mean, I, so you got to make sure. And then what do they do with the two guard spots? I mean, is Pugh going to be the guy? And, you know, what's what's the latest with uh, the right guard? You know, Justin Murray's making $2 million. Is he going to be on the roster? Um, again, he's been a backup, Josh Jones. So, and again, there's a lot of good – lineman in this draft so I, I think we got to just focus on what happens first and then see what happens on the second wave you bring back Zach Ertz Max Williams James Conner you bring those three back maybe you don't go out and spend big money on a number two wide receiver you find somebody maybe in that second or third wave but it's not one of the marquee names that potentially could hit the market Episode 26 of the Day Patch podcast featuring Pac-12 Commissioner George Kleokov is available now wherever you get your podcasts. Get the latest or for the latest updates on the Day Patch podcast, follow along on Twitter at HashPod. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats and a seats. Craig Rio, Lou Darren Urban, and Mike Jarecki when we come back. Priorities on defense with respects to free agency. One name stands above the rest. We'll get to that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and five of the 18, shotgun formation again. Three receivers, two left, one right. Snap to Garoppolo. Drops back to throw. In trouble. Steps up and gets hit, and down he goes. Chandler Jones was leading the way. They give Chandler Jones a full sack. He's the record holder. Chandler Jones, the all-time sack king for the Arizona Cardinals. You should have seen the locker room when we announced that. They went crazy. Now the all-time sack leader in the history of the Arizona Cardinals. He's a guy that brings joy every day. You know, he's always smiling. He's always into it. And what a phenomenal run he's had here. 
Five times in six seasons. Chandler Jones, double-digit sacks. Question is, will he have an opportunity at doing it for a sixth time, meaning a seventh season wearing a Cardinals uniform? As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. For me, Chandler Jones, the most intriguing of the 21 unrestricted free agents. MJ and I have gone back and forth as far as what to do with the former Syracuse or Lund- not former, the Syracuse alum, and that's part of my bias, perhaps. But, Darren, I turn to you because if you part don't... Bias. All right, maybe a large part. <laughs> if you don't bring back Chandler Jones, and this is my fear, you have to do something because Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, Victor Dumukeji, Dennis Gardeck, that is not enough as far as a pass rush, getting to the quarterback and then also helping the back end. You are 100% correct in that analysis. But... Uh, again, you're 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 balancing some different stuff. I I understand where people are coming from, uh, who say you want to keep Chandler Jones. I I don't I don't disagree with that. I you know I, and I think down deep I think the Cardinals would like to keep Chandler Jones. But just like we were talking about James Conner, I think there's a, a monetary limit that they have in that thought process. This feels like it's played out a lot like Patrick Peterson did a year ago which is you want to have the veteran guy back. He's not at the peak of his career anymore, but he's still producing. How much do you see him being worth, and how much is that going to be compared to? I mean, the problem the Cardinals have is that uh, Chandler Jones is going to be the number one pass rusher available on the market. And according to the couple lists that I saw, he's the fifth or sixth best player, period, available in a free agent market that a lot of people are saying isn't quite as robust as maybe it has been in years past. So he's going to get money, and he's going to get an offer. So, you know, I, I don't know this for a fact. You never know what could happen. Um, but as we go into this, this stretch run here before free agency, it sure feels like Chandler Jones is going to get an offer elsewhere that, he can't get here or hasn't gotten here and, and that'll probably be moving on and then and then you're going to have to deal with what you're just talking about but that was going to come at some point whether it was this year or whenever Chandler Jones was done because it is hard to find guys like that I mean let's look at the pass rush situation for this team before Chandler they traded for Chandler Jones uh in 2016 I mean it was it was piecemeal. They, they they struck gold with John Abraham for a year, and they did what they could with uh, you know <clears throat> so, some pieces here and there. But if I recall cl- correctly, I'm trying to remember who – I mean, who was their best outside pass rusher when they were 13-3 and three in 2015? I'm drawing a blank. Dwight Freeney. They had to sign Dwight Freeney yeah. five games into the season. You know, I mean, the, the problem is is – Everybody says, well, you need a, a T.J. Watt or, uh, you know, a Khalil Mack. Well, no, duh. But finding those guys, where do those guys come from? T.J. Watt, a little bit different. But, I mean, Nick Bosa was the number two pick in the draft. Khalil Mack was top five. I mean, you got to stink, and then you got to be high in the draft, and then you got to hope you already have your quarterback so that you can afford to take a pass rusher that high. That's that's what you're, you're – you're stuck with and and so you're hoping that at some point who knows at 23 
I mean, that's later than when Chandler Jones went in the first round, when he was picked in the first round. But in that area, you know, you start getting maybe you maybe you hit a diamond in the rough. And let's fact the other thing too is, as good as Chandler Jones was as a pass rusher in New England. Nobody thought he was going to be as good as he ended up being in Arizona. I mean, he took his game to another level as a pass rusher and has been great. So, again, I think they're just going to they're going to have to obviously look other places. I think they're going to need to invest in the draft. Would not shock me if it was a first round pick, depending on who's on the board. And uh, and you need to get younger there. And yeah, they need to find somebody. But I understand also where they're coming from, where you're leery about giving a 32 year old player. $20 million a year for four years. I, I get that. Yeah, according to Pro Football Focus, he's he's projected to get two years, 16.7, uh, 24 guaranteed, close to $34 million. So somebody's going to pay him. Uh-huh. But see, if, if that's I, – I think I would pay that if that's what he'd be well, – and so maybe maybe the, the door is open. I, I, I think he's going to get more money than that or more years. I, I think so. Is it – a Calais Campbell situation to where he sees what's available, comes back to the Cardinals and says, hey, this is what I've got. Do you want to match? Or because he did ask for a trade, and these conversations happened last offseason, is that door closed in his mind, I need to go somewhere else? Well, Calais was 31, and he wanted to stay here, but obviously they offered 460, and he never saw that fourth season, and he knew that going in, and then he gets traded to the Ravens, and he's a free agent this year. Yeah, I think we're having a different conversation if Chandler Jones was more consistent last year. He flashed early on. Now, again, sacks could be misleading, hurries, pressures, the forced fumbles, the fumble recoveries. But, he, you know, you look at he's played in 20 games in the last two years, and he has 11 and a half sacks. I think if he would have continued to rack up sacks, they would have maybe possibly tried to extend him during the season. But it was too much inconsistency. And again, 32 years old, yes, he's got at least three good years left in him. But I, I, I agree with Darren. I, mean, I do think he's going to get paid, whether it's here or somewhere else. Certainly a topic of conversation at the Scouting Combine. General Manager Steve Keim on Chandler Jones. He's one of the 21 that we would obviously like to have back. You know, I think we all know the market dictates that. And we'll have, you know, certainly conversations with his representatives as well. Again, those conversations could be happening as we speak. Chandler Jones will know what his market is next week when free agency begins. The Cardinals also need to address, and we've kind of touched on it already, but the cornerback position, something Kingsbury brought up last week in Indianapolis. I think we all feel we need to add some pieces there. Uh, Marco, as a rookie, I, I thought got better and, and uh, did a nice job. But um, Byron is a guy we like to move around, play inside, play outside. And so you'd like to find a couple more pieces that, that you feel good about going into next year. Is that in free agency? Is that in the draft? Is that bringing back a Robert Alford and Antonio Hamilton or maybe a combination of all three options? Well, I think it would have to be a combination of all three. Well, maybe not all three, but at least two of those. I mean – uh, you're you're sitting there right now. You you like some of the progress Marco Wilson had, and I, I thought he was solid for a chunk of the season. I think I think his play dropped a little late in the season. Um, you know, you made the point and some of the other things that we've been doing, Craig. That Robert Alford was really good 
pretty solid when he was playing, and it hurt them badly when he got hurt, and I agree with that. For a number of reasons, not just the way Robert Alford was playing, but just the the ability to kind of move people around. Byron Murphy was another guy who he started. I I thought he had a chance to be Pro Bowl last year, and he struggled, I thought, down the stretch a little bit. Now, there's lots of things that go into that pass rush, just just where the team was in generalities. But cornerback is another position where, again, if you – we've all been around Steve Kime for a long time. I've covered Steve Kime his entire career – back from you know when he was just a scout he believes uh you know the main positions that are hard to to find the guys that do it really well are quarterback left tackle edge rusher and cornerback and so that's the place where i think there's a possibility of uh the first round uh going in okay I'm All right. Sorry, uh, I just got thrown off. That's a kind of a big one. And uh, I need to uh, double check the uh, yes. There is a blue check mark next to the name of one ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter. The Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos have agreed to terms for a deal involving Russell Wilson. Sources tell ESPN trade is pending a physical and obviously Wilson's approval. The Denver Broncos were in the market for a quarterback. Their names had been or they had been attached to Aaron Rodgers. And now apparently they have landed with Russell Wilson. Well, the immediate reaction here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, get your seats in a seat, is an obvious one. Russell Wilson's out of the division. And that certainly helps the Arizona Cardinals. And last I checked, who do they have? Geno Smith. Now, they're probably going to work the phones. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's out there. But this is the domino effect of Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. And it needs to be mentioned that the Cardinals do visit the Broncos this upcoming season. So you're not quite quite done with Russell Wilson yet. But that... That's one that I was not expecting here on this Tuesday. Uh, you know, first of all, it's got to make you think the Broncos were sitting there hoping for Aaron Rodgers, and but they, they obviously worked hard uh, on a backup plan. Um, I, that, that I, I'll be honest, did not see that happening. I thought all the main quarterbacks were going to stay in, uh, where they are right now, and, and I'm wrong. More from Adam Schefter. Again, this is just coming down here. Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos, and according to Schefter, this deal had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers' decision to return to Green Bay. Apparently, the Seahawks and Broncos have been working on this for the past couple of weeks. So, wow. I don't buy that. (laughs) Wow. All right. Okay, then. So Aaron Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay. Russell Wilson is on his way to Denver, according to Adam Schefter. Again, this is, again, pending a pending his approval, because he does have a no trade, and then obviously pending physical as well. But the big news here on this Tuesday is not Aaron Rodgers remaining in Green Bay. <laughs> it's Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. How about that? And heck, we're not even in the afternoon yet on this Tuesday. Boy, oh boy. Check out Season 1 of Cardinals Folk Tales on your official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals. Get the story behind the stories from several remarkable moments in Cardinals history. That's Cardinals Folk Tales of Available at youtube.com slash azcardinals. Original audio podcast also available by searching Cardinals Folktales wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Riolu, Darren Urban, and Mike Jarecki here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
Are you ready for the news? Yes. JJ Watt signed to the Cardinals. You are! Let's go! Really did. Oh my God. Let's go! Yes, we're making the playoffs. And the Cardinals did. After the signing of JJ Watt just over a year ago, March 1st, 2021, that was the big move for the Arizona Cardinals, and you can argue one of the bigger moves in the entire National Football League last offseason. Well, fast forward one year. The biggest move of this offseason, according to now several reports, Adam Schefter, the first to report, Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos for a large haul of draft picks. Don't know all of the details, but Russell Wilson is out of the division. Earlier, Aaron Rodgers deciding to remain in Green Bay. So, all right, you don't have Aaron Rodgers out of the conference, but you do have Russell Wilson out of the division. As we mentioned earlier here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, get your seats in a seat. The Cardinals do play at the Broncos this upcoming season, so at least one more appearance, one more game against Russell Wilson, MJ. But, uh, yeah, this is this is – quite the story across the National Football League. Well, I mean, they, I mean, free agency haven't even started yet, and, and I, I know all these trades cannot be official. Uh, he actually had a trade clause, and he's got to take a physical, so everything will become once the league year uh, starts. But, you know, you look in San Francisco, they have a quarterback. You know, the Rams have a quarterback. I mean, there's John Snyder's a smart guy, and, you know, Pete Carroll's getting up there in age, so you just wonder what they have behind door number two. Like, what are they going to do? Because Geno Smith... Um, he's a free agent. He is a free agent, free agent, and he he um, he got a DUI in the off season. But I think they still like to bring him back. But that's for a backup job. I don't have the draft order in front of me, but the Denver Broncos finished seven and ten. Did they give up a first round draft pick? Meaning now they have a top ten pick, top fifteen pick, and now all of a sudden in this year's draft. The Seahawks look at the quarterback, not in free agency, mm. but like one of these right. younger quarterbacks. Now, it's not supposedly a great quarterback draft class, but we tend to say that every year, and as you get closer to the draft, all of a sudden it's, hey, we want that guy, and that becomes our franchise quarterback. It, there's so many fascinating parts to this, I'll be honest. I mean, obviously Russell wanted to leave. I mean, I think we all knew that. Um, but to but to get to this point, um, yeah, I mean you can you can you can go ahead and draft a guy, but you don't know what that guy's going to be. And there's a lot of people that have big questions over the top end of the quarterback draft this year. I do expect them to have a, a first round pick, which they did not have before. They have the ninth overall pick. So I mean, and that's where many people think of the first quarterback off the board might be and and, that, and that's very possible it's just it's it's rare in today's day and age when you have a franchise quarterback or player and have the team essentially choose the coach over the player and it feels like that's kind of what's happened here and there's nothing wrong with that Pete Carroll has a great resume uh, and maybe it was time for Seattle to reset and maybe they weren't going to be able to do it with him and maybe see this is the other thing that people if 
I don't think this is just about Russell Wilson wanting to leave, right? I mean, the Seahawks know Russell Wilson and the health he's in and where his career is headed better than anybody. Now, could you could you have kept him even if he was unhappy? Sure. But I mean, if you're the Seahawks and you start to say, okay, there's there's issues with his game as he gets older and is getting a little more beat up, and we can get this huge haul right now. In some ways, it's it's like we were just talking about with free agents like Chandler Jones, if, if that's what ends up happening. It isn't always necessarily about the season that's about to be played. Sometimes it's about the season after or the season after that. I mean, Craig, you know it very well. MJ, you remember this too. The Suns went through that with Amari Stoudemire. Uh, they they tapped out early on Amari Stoudemire, and they were right on that. Now yeah. they the Car- offered sixty one million, and the Knicks gave them a hundred million. And the, and the Cardinals, the Cardinals bet something like that with Calais Campbell, and they were wrong. So. It's a hit-and-miss thing, but you, you wonder a little bit about what the Seahawks think of Russell Wilson beyond the fact that he just wanted to move on. He's getting older, coming off that finger surgery. He did not quite look himself. Drew Locke going to Seattle. Adam Schefter, Tom Pellicero reporting that a part of that trade, so the Seahawks now have a quarterback, Drew Locke. Now is that the quarterback the Cardinals will face twice next season? Wow. Let's hope so. How about Darren Urban bringing it <laughs> with breaking news on this week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report? I can read Twitter. Wow. This is – Darren, you going to join us next week for some more start of free agency? I'm, I'm going to be gone next week. Oh, yeah. Well, then everything's going to happen. Hey, special <laughs> yeah, thanks behind the scenes. Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher for Mike Jarecki, Darren Urban. I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.